Welcome to Tech Talk, featuring the latest trends and topics in data and analytics for Fortune 1000 companies. Tech Talk is sponsored by Knowledgent, the data and analytics company. For more information, visit knowledgent.com. Episode 3 of Tech Talk is the second part of a two-part series on data lakes. Harsh Dillon, Akshay Goel, and Sherrod Kumar, all senior data and analytics professionals, discuss how to go about creating a data lake, the difference between a Hadoop instance and a true data lake, security concerns, the future of agility in the cloud, and a marketplace user experience. How do you go about doing it? What do you do first, right? Yeah. So, so, And then there's really no good answer to this. So, so most of our clients, then when we do work, part of the roadmap is how do you build out capabilities around the business needs? So for example, it could be when I'm building a data lake, do I want to enable reporting type use cases first? Or do I want to enable more data science, predictive, exploratory type of analysis? And there's no clear answer. Some clients we've seen where they can already do some type of reporting from the traditional stack, but they want to start off with more data science and exploration capabilities because they don't have that. Some of the some of my other clients you're seeing, they say they have reporting needs on data that's not in the warehouse. Let's start there first. So there's no clear answer how you start with. So that's why when we do the work, you have to sort of build the roadmap that is tailored to each client in terms of where is the demand from the business side, what the demand looks like, and then build out a staged roadmap. Also, you have to make sure you're not trying to build all and every capability in one shot. So if you look at a data lake, it's a pretty, if you look at the data lake architecture, there's a lot of components to it. You got to ingest the data, you got to curate the data, you got to model the data, you have ETL, you may have NoSQL store, API based access, you have data quality, and there's no way you can do and stand up all these capabilities in one shot, right? So you got to sequence the capabilities and make sure you can deliver incremental business value and enable some use cases along the way. Yeah. Uh, so actually, just walk through again what goes specifically into a data lake. What's the minimum you think that, that defines a data lake? Because you talked about a number of different components, yeah. but you know, how, how do you tell somebody that has a data lake or is trying to build a data lake versus just standing up in a Hadoop instance? What's the key differences? Yeah, that's a great question because I've seen people implement data lakes, but they're still in data lake silos of data, <laughs> right? So my my first definition of data, what makes a data lake? You have enterprise view of data. So I bring in data once, sourcing data once, and make it available for multiple use cases, right? So I don't have a data brought in for warehousing. I'm not bringing in same data or different slice of the data for analytic purpose. I bring in data once, I keep it, and then I can project it the same data for multiple use cases, right? So you have an enterprise view of data. That to me is the biggest part of it, right? So if I bring in, let's say, clinical study data or in financial service, portfolio data, right, or client interaction data, whether I use that client interaction data to create a report or a dashboard or client interaction data, I'm trying to do some predictive analytics on the customer, the same data should be leveraged, right? So that to me is the fundamental tenant of a a data lake, that you source data once and use it multiple times for multiple use cases. And being able to derive business value out of that data, I mean, that's the critical aspect. Otherwise, a lot of times you will bring the data and sits in the data lake and, it's, you know, uh, uh, it's cost prohibitive if it's, you know, you're not using it for deriving business value. So uh, 
you know, we always have to have caution too, right? Uh, so there's uh, data breaches, privacy concerns. So you have all this data sitting in an enterprise view can be a concern for certain companies. So with regards to security and, and uh, these types of uh, disciplines, uh, do you recommend anything or are we observing certain behaviors that, that customers are doing to ensure the security side of it? Yeah, I mean, definitely security is a big aspect of it because a lot of, again, if you go back to the point I made, you bring in data once and now you're exposing it to multiple, there's a lot of concern, right? So data owners are very concerned, right? Chief security officers are very concerned to make sure that the people who are not authorized to see the data can get to the data. So that's why you've seen a lot of tremendous growth even in the Hadoop ecosystem, a lot of robust capabilities around data security, right? Everything from encrypting the data at rest to be able to control access down to actually a cell level. So if I'm in the same data set, I have data for, let's say, US and Canada, and somebody like Akshay is a user, he's not supposed to see data for Canada, I can actually restrict on the same data set, right? So a lot of capabilities have come up and matured right, where you can control access at a very fine grain level. And then you have surrounding tools come in that actually encrypt and tokenize certain PII type fields in there. So all those capabilities exist from a technology perspective. The clients do have to around in the data lake build out a program, right, to enforce all those things. It's not a technology limitation, but you have to make sure you build the right governance around the data. So governance is also a big word that comes up every time you talk about data lakes, how do you govern it? And part of it is, how do you secure the environment and make sure the right people have access to the right data? And just to add to that, I mean, the technology is maturing. You're even getting like uh, uh, tools which allow you to uh, um, access data at a row level or a column level, not even at a table level or file level. So you could restrict who can access which rows. All right, so it's not like you can get a key and get the whole thing. There's no. still restrictions. Yeah. All right. All right. So, um, back to the agility question. Yeah. Uh, a lot of customers have gone cloud. Uh, a lot of applications, uh, enterprise applications, are cloud-based. Salesforce.com, Workday. Uh, are data lakes moving towards the cloud? Uh, how does cloud factor into yeah. the architecture and and the business model? Yeah. So, so that, that's another interesting topic. I, I'm I, I am seeing a big adoption of cloud for data lake. So as you say, people have been using a cloud for a long time to host a web application, right? That's been going on for years. But finally, I'm seeing a shift where people are using the cloud for the data-centric workload, like warehousing, reporting, and analytics, right? And I think there are a couple of drivers for that, and certain industries are faster adapters of this model than, than others, right? So I'm seeing the, the key reason I'm seeing people leveraging cloud for data lakes is two for one, they don't have the skill set in-house, right? To build out a data lake in-house, right? Because as we talked about, different technologies required and the technology is moving fast. You need experience in Hadoop and NoSQL and MongoDB and EdgeBase and warehousing technologies. You gotta assemble a lot of stuff and you got to procure hardware, software, right, all that stuff. So, so one, they may not have the skill set in-house. Second, the time it takes to procure, rack, stack, 
hardware and get going could be months, right, for each of your, your environment, right? So those two seem to be the primary driver. Third, sometimes cost comes into play, although when I've done some TCU analysis, certain times going to cloud could be more expensive depending upon what you're trying to do. So it's not necessarily going to cloud is cheaper, but definitely it's more agile. Again, goes back to the agility play. The reason I'm going to the cloud is in three weeks, I could have an environment, development environment up and running, a pilot environment where I can start trying out stuff, but it'll take me six months to define, procure the right hardware, bring it in. And what, when I start to do it, I find out that I didn't order the right thing. I don't have the right memory. I don't have the right disk space, right? Whereas in cloud, I can click off a button, I can scale, I can bring things up and down. So it's a great way for people to get started. Right. And allow, it should allow for more innovation because you can try That's things exactly out without making a major investment. Right. You don't have a fear of making a mistake. Right. You know, what if, 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 let's say, you have to procure a hardware box, right? You'll think 10 times, right? What if you procure the wrong box? Now what do you do? If you don't have enough memory, now you're stuck. In the cloud, you need a use case, bigger memory, you can spin it out more. Or you bought more, you don't need, you can scale it down, right? And another major driver for cloud adoption is, I believe, earlier there was a lot of uh, concerns about security, which all the cloud yeah, vendors have addressed recently. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, proof points and comfort level with CIOs. Yeah, I think some enterprises are saying that, you know, security is not my core business. Why Why am I managing a data center? Our, our cloud is more secure yeah. than my data center. So, 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 so I was working with this luxury retailer. I was talking to the chief security officer. And we're going through the whole evaluation of using Amazon for the data lake or not. And in the end, after the whole analysis was done, he said, I cannot make my own data center as secure as Amazon can. Yeah, quite a statement. Yeah. yeah, quite a statement. Because the last couple of years, the, the cloud providers have spent a lot of effort in securing the environment, right? Providing the right set of tools and technologies, right, for you to leverage. So, so we see less of a concern. They're always more in financial service. That's why they're probably the late adopters, right? Yeah. Although we see them coming on, but think places like retail, right? We're seeing a big adoption of cloud with data lake with the life sciences side, right? Yeah. There, there seems to be early adopters of cloud for data lake. All right, so uh, consumerism of IT has been around for a while. You know, we all love going to Google, just typing in something and, and get, getting what we're looking for. Uh, Amazon came along, and now Amazon is considered the Google of products. Whatever you're buying, go in. And so everything that we've been talking about has been from an architectural point of view. But there's that user point of view, which is this Amazonification of data, right? We can go in and just find what we're looking for. That's the ultimate objective of, of a data lake, right? So... Is that, am yeah, I correct so in understanding? Or, yeah, yeah, no, that is true. So, again, what we're seeing is as data lakes mature, right, and you have more and more data available in the lake now, people tend to, okay, how do I make sure there's adoption, right? Because if my users don't move off their warehouses and legacy platforms onto this new, all my investment I've done to stand up a data lake and ingest data is all wasted. So most, if you look at chief data officers, CIOs, all focus around how do I get my users, now the business users, the analysts, the data scientists, to start coming and using the data lake. So one of the biggest challenges they face there is, right, and they want to do the self-serve. You don't want somebody calling you and asking you, what data do you have in your data lake? 
So the problem space we're seeing, which is fast emerges, I call it the whole space of data cataloging and search, right? Which to me is a fundamental part of Amazonification of data. Because if you look at as we go on Amazon, first thing you and I do is we start searching, right? For things that we're looking for. And that's the same paradigm we are trying to enable is to almost put a search on top of the data lake, right? Where users can come in and search and find data very quickly and understand the data, where it came from, understand the quality of the data, understand what other, others are saying about the data to make sure they're finding data and they're pulling data that's relevant to their hypothesis or analysis. The whole space of search, discovery, and data cataloging has kind of bubbled up at the top of the pyramid from a capability perspective, right? Last year when I was talking to a lot of these people and we talked about this concept, everybody liked it, but nobody was ready to move on it. Right? This year we're seeing a significant change, or in 2016, we are doing multiple data catalog projects because they have become very fundamental because people have loaded the data into the data lake, right? They're saying, now what? How do I get people to start using it? Yeah, and and when we started having these conversations, we also looked at the market, and there there weren't the right set of tools out there to put it together. So we developed some of our own. So maybe you can speak a little bit about some of our own intellectual yeah, property. Yeah, so I, I can talk through what I've done, and Akshay can talk a little bit what we're seeing other tools emerging in the industry. So you're right. So last year, or a couple of years, as we've been working on these data lake projects, we thought through this problem. Right? Okay, when you load data, then how would people find? Because to me. If you can't find it, it doesn't exist, right? So we said we're pumping all this data into the data lake, loading all this data, how do we make it searchable and findable? So we start building our own asset called Kariba, right? Which sits on top of your data lakes, it ingests all the metadata, makes everything searchable, findable, and you can provision the data. So we built our own asset because we did not see anything in the marketplace. And now we're beginning to see other tools coming out, which kind of proves the point that this is an area or a capability which is in demand. So maybe you can talk. Yeah, there, there are other tools in the marketplace like uh, Informatica, Waterline, Relation. Uh, so there are other a lot of vendors which are coming with core capabilities for creating these uh, data catalogs and allowing users to understand the characteristics and being able to understand the data. And the key aspect is once you have searched, understood the data, being able to self-serve the data and take it into your sandbox for your uh, uh, ad hoc analysis or munging it with another, other data sets which you can get from public domain, prove your hypothesis, and then maybe propagate that to, into your production pipeline. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, again, adding to your agility, how do I now Search, understand, and self-provision is data, and then uh, create new business value out of that. So this stuff doesn't sound easy, but it seems like if you can identify the right business use cases and that that immediate impact, then you can build that roadmap to yeah. do the right level of sophistication. Yeah. So, so I would say key for clients, I would say is one to have a robust, correct architecture because if you start with the wrong architecture, you'll never recover from that, right? Start with the right architecture, have a roadmap in place where you're building capabilities incremental, right? And make sure you're delivering business value along the way, right? 
doing technology for the sake of technology, we all know doesn't work. So you have to deliver business value along the way and focus on adoption. You don't want to build a lake, spend millions of dollars, build a lake with a lot of data in it and nobody using it. That's the worst case scenario for any chief data officer or a CIO. <laughs> if I were one of those, I would not want to be in this situation. And actually, from a pure tools and technology perspective, is there a certain technology out there that you really enjoyed working with? I mean, uh, I think certainly, uh, uh, as you mentioned, I think building data lakes on the cloud, that is becoming very, uh, I think, uh, uh, interesting. And uh, it allows clients to move quickly, uh, stand up a data lake very quickly in a matter of, you know, a few, few weeks uh, to a month. And uh, um, so I think uh, that I find very interesting. Uh, I mean, all the you could pick the vendors and you can pick the tools and technology, but the, architecturally, that's like the fastest uh, growing area uh, which I'm seeing. Uh, very good, guys. We went all the way from the business drivers uh, deep into the architecture to how it actually benefits the users. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to Tech Talk to receive the latest episodes.